Hopper never has enough time for his kids. Now he's grossing a hundred thousand dollars a year. Hundred thousand dollars a year. His mouth is moving, but I can't hear anything. No! Welcome to Noisy Ghost, a new podcast about the relationship between sound and performance. I'm Eleanor Russell. Ghost Dad. Why would anyone give a shit about Ghost Dad? Roger Ebert didn't. Rotten Tomatoes didn't. Doesn't. But I do. Bill Cosby is a ghost. He died in a freak taxi accident. A taxident. His voice is separated from his body. If Cosby weren't so funny, I would cry. I almost do. He comes home. His children are happy to see him. But he can't speak to them. They need to know he's a ghost. They play charades. You can't hear me, but you can see me. You can't hear me, but I can hear myself. I can't hear you. I... I am. <laughs> Sounds like, um, a glass. Toast. You're toasting toast. something. Toast. Okay, it sounds like um, toast. Sounds like toast. Toast. Uh, toast. A ghost? He's a ghost! He's a ghost! He's a ghost! Cosby's voice is gone. Just after he died, he tried to get the attention of a white cop. But the cop did not see or hear him. His body remains. His children can see him. Do you have to be black to see Ghost Dad? Do you have to be his child? What are the rules of this universe? What is the relationship between voice and body? What is Ghost Dad's relationship to his voice and body? The rules are, sometimes you see him and sometimes you don't, and you know you're in trouble when the best times are when you don't. There is one rule for Cosby's presence. My presence is a present, kiss my ass. He's only visible in darkness. In daylight or artificial light, his body vanishes entirely, or just his clothes remain. There are two exceptions. One, flashlight. Two, astral projection. Both exceptions are a product of Cosby's rage a rage he expresses by frightening children. Exception one. Cosby is visible by flashlight. 
a neighbor kid threatens to blackmail Cosby. He believes that Cosby is an alien. Cosby flies up to the child's bedroom window. Flashlight illuminates face. Now you listen to me, you little bag of pig puke. You mention one thing to anybody about this, and so help me, I'll do things to you that you can't even imagine. You try to threaten me, because I don't get frightened. I give frightened, you little fart. Exception 2. Cosby is visible in the dim light of a teenager's bedroom. The teenager is played by Bobby from Twin Peaks. Bobby says, Hey, yeah, that's me. Put the bitch on. Cosby is fueled by rage. There's a perk to being Ghost Dad. The angrier you are, the louder your voice. He's like a genie coming out of Bobby's phone. He screams into his face. The bitch on the phone? Put the bitch on the phone! The bitch! Make it for the phone. I'm here, though. And if you so much as call, talk to think about dying. So help me, I'll do things to you. You the devil. I'm from the food company. When Cosby is angry, people listen. But he is only seen when he is barely seen. And I hardly know him as to know him well. There's this Michael Che joke. Michael Che is a black comedian. His fan wants a photo. It's nighttime. The flash doesn't go off. Michael Che is black. He knows he is not in that picture. But the fan is embarrassed. Michael Che doesn't think he should be embarrassed. He says, that's not racism, it's physics. I now can see the darkness of lightness. I love light. Perhaps it seems strange that an invisible man should need light, desire light, love light. Maybe it's exactly because I'm invisible. Blackness is a metaphor for invisibility. Or is invisibility a metaphor for blackness? Two or three things we know about Cosby. One, even when he is invisible, the audience always hears Ghost Dad. Sometimes you see him and sometimes you don't, and you know you're in trouble when the best times are when you don't. Two, Cosby's voice is part of the comedy. Three, Cosby is black. No one in Ghost Dad mentions race, but the villains of the film are Cosby's rich white bosses. They are so villainous and so white. The score is by Henry Mancini. The score is heard when Cosby can't speak. The score plays when white people or children are screaming. (laughs) Ghost Dad is a comedy. Sometimes it's funny. But watching it is sort of like watching really terrible porn. You expect things from comedy. To laugh. You expect things from porn, too to be hot. I was watching a cuckold scene the other day. Sounded kinda hot. Lady fucking a dude while other dude watches. I didn't know if it was going to be my thing, but I knew there would be sex in it, and I wanted to watch some folks have sex. But then they are having sex, and then they are racist. One of the guys is black. 
the lady mentions it. And then all this racist shit happens. It's like hot, 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 racism. It's horrible. Ghost dad is like this. Cosby does all this funny stuff. Trip on a roller skate, make a birthday cake out of shaving cream, make his children laugh. But he is dead. His children don't have a father anymore. Daddy, are you going to go away like Mommy did? Here's the beginning of Ghost Dad. A little girl listens to a tape recording of her father's voice. We hear Cosby read The Canterville Ghost by Oscar Wilde. Before he even dies, Cosby's voice is separated from his body. To know Ghost Dad is to know the sound of his voice. My favorite fantasy. The sound of your voice lives forever. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Ghost Dad with my friends now. Here are my friends. Andre Kello is here. He is my boyfriend and a Chicago-based video artist. Eric Wenzel is a conceptual artist and a painter. Asia Saunders is this episode's special ghost. She is the best. Asia saw Ghost Dead as a child, but has not seen it since. I will start with a provocative question. I want each of you to answer. What is your personal relationship to Ghost Dead? Andre, let's start with you. Uh, well, you know, I had seen the, the movie on cable. I think I might have even seen it on the Disney Channel, but I can't recall. Uh, I had forgotten almost everything about it. <laughs> it was not a huge part of my life, and that was when I was probably seven or eight years old back in the early 90s. Uh, I didn't even have any desire to see it again until uh, Asia had mentioned that we should see it. And uh, so I went and I uh, downloaded it illegally off of the mm -hmm. Pirate Bay, and it was not easy because not a lot of people have <laughs> this movie on their computer. Uh, and, you know, there was nowhere that I could stream it. It's not like I could go down to the to facets and get like a 16 millimeter print and do a screening. Of my Maybe you could. Did you try? Uh, you know, I, I assumed <laughs> that it they was had... only available in, in 70 millimeter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You the, have that projector. Those frames are beautiful though. I mean, you, you really, it's like a postcard, each individual frame. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but I, you know, we weren't able to see ghost dad like that. Uh, so I watched it with you in our living room mm -hmm. and, uh, I thought it was very funny and really weird and uncomfortable. It was sort of funny and also really funny, which is a weird combination <laughs> of things. Ghost Dad, uh, Bill Cosby is such an incredible comic. Yeah. The, the bits where he's just doing funny stuff are so funny. Like his physical bits where he's, he's uh, being the invisible man stuff. And it's, it's great. He's hilarious to watch doing anything. Yeah, and, like, I found, like, Ebert said in his review that he was unimpressed by Cosby on the big screen and that he belongs more on TV. But I was super impressed by the dramatic scenes, just as I'm impressed by his work on The Cosby Show when he's being, uh, like, trying to talk a kid down from a sad situation. But you were watching it on a television, so maybe that's why it worked. You think that if I had... If you'd seen it projected larger, maybe it wouldn't work. So Ghost Dad should have then been just a, to video. a series of episodes of The Cosby Show. No, that would be amazing. Like, like yeah. 
You remember the, those episodes of Family Times where like Alex P. Keaton's friend died and they shot the whole thing on a black soundstage with like minimal props? I haven't seen this, but this they sounds did, great. They did the same thing at the end of Neon Genesis Evangelion. They shot it on what? No, it was, it's a, a cartoon, yeah. but they right. the events occur, and it's just people talking on a black soundstage. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, they ran but, out of money. That's what. But this, <laughs> was, but this was crazier when they did emotional. it on Family Ties because it was like this, like what is it, Dogtown, the Lars von Trier movie or whatever? Which Dogville, just on, Dogville, yeah. Dogtown, and Z Boys. <laughs> Dogtown. <laughs> Lars von Trier presents. <laughs> Dogtown and Zebra. But I mean, this, you know, Family Ties was this like uh, must see TV thing. And then they're like, I think his friend died drunk driving or something. And it was, well, it was this like. It was like everything know, in the 80s where it was, it was, it was a, everything was a very special episode, which is to say yeah. Brecht. Like it's everything yeah. is like making a point, trying to teach you something. And I think Ghost that, Dad might have succeeded. The, that's what the, the special episode is. It's the Delerstuck. Is that what the... The what, teaching play. The teaching play, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I think that maybe this would have worked better as a TV... Because I actually think the moral of this film is so good. What is the moral of this The moral film? of this film, Asia, is... Wait, 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 hold on. What What does it... Asia's the one who saw it, who told us to see it. Yeah. You tell us what the... Yeah, what is... <laughs> yeah, what is, <laughs> yeah okay, no, you're so right. This is my relationship yeah. to the movie, so um, I haven't seen it in... <laughs> Can you talk about your personal relationship with Ghost Dad? That was my question, like my provocative years question. Since I've seen I know. it, probably more. <laughs> just why? All, it's more every time I just think about it, I laugh because it's just such a ridiculous concept to me. Like, um, my my dad dying would not be funny to me in any sort of way. Even if he was a ghost, I wouldn't be like, "Hi, Jinx." I think this is emotionally <laughs> rot. Yeah. Um, um, I watched it when I was a kid. I think my dad um, rented it. We rented movies a lot. Um, and I don't remember it being funny, really. I, I think it's funny to me now because, like, goes. I think the title was funny to me just because it's so simple. It's like the basic description. There's, there's a ghost dad. That's yeah, it's high of, concept. It's yeah. ghost dad. What if there were a ghost dad? That's, <laughs> that's yeah. Here's what happened. Yeah. What, what did your dad think of it? Do you remember? Was he like, oh, God. Is this no, I don't think so. I don't. He's like, that's what exactly what it's like to be a ghost dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his reaction to it. I feel like I've watched it more than once when I was a kid, though. Um, the one scene I remember is like um, Cosby's like girlfriend comes over. <gasps> yeah, and the like, sex scene. Uh, you no, they're like she he, he can't see you right now. <gasps> oh and, yeah, yeah. And then she like he gives a message to to Cosby or to Ghost Dad through the little girl, and he it's all like blanks. Like you can blankety blank blank. You can fill in the blanks later. I thought that part was funny when I was a kid because yeah. it's cursing. When when he goes over to. Make up with her. He's he's getting a hand job in that scene, and he's doing. This, I don't like, remember this part. Oh yeah, no, and he's doing this like he's like, ooh, he's like making all these like horrible sounds. Yeah. I so don't... if he's in the dark, he also is tangible. Is this what? He's always tangible. That's but the he's thing. Not, though, because if the he bus concentrates, him. yeah. If, if the he bus concentrates, if he right. concentrates, there are the rules. The reason why I thought of Ghost Dad because someone posted a this isn't GIF Vietnam. of him being the bus going through him. And yeah. I was like, yeah, Ghost Dad's a movie that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> I relate to this GIF. Can, can I? Can I? You know, I, well, I always uh, on podcasts they always say, "Oh, you can cut this out," and then. They never do because you hear them say that. So. <laughs> but I, I have, I, I wanted, to, I have a, uh, I want, I have an issue with something you stated in your your monologue. Great. Yeah. I just, dis, I disagree with it. Excellent. Okay. Um, 
he's invisible with the flashlight. That's how he scares the kid. Because he comes up to the kid and he sees Bill oh. Cosby in the dark and he goes, oh yeah? Blah! And then he shoves the flashlight in his face and his face disappears. It doesn't though. You know, the, okay, so this is the But you see the, the sunglasses or something. No, 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 no. Okay, so this is the thing that I actually, I had a thought about this with the Bobby scene. I wondered if it was possible that we only hear his voice. Like, he, he just comes through and he's like, oh. put the bitch on the phone! And it's like... Maybe the Maybe audience Bobby is seeing him, see him, but Bobby can't. This is my conspiracy theory. They don't do a great job of letting us know as viewers what we are seeing because we are in this omniscient third-person perspective and what we're seeing because we're sharing a perspective with the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Cosby's movie. Like, he is the main character, so you're assuming that you're seeing everything through his eyes, but, but what if you're this was Bobby the... C- is afraid of him after that, though, right? Because he, he like, strangles him. Yeah, because of his voice. Because then he sees him, then he know, but he knows it's him. But his, his but bedroom's his scary dimly vo- his, lit. His angry voice isn't the same as his normal... Ghost, uh, it was Gosby no. voice. So he could, it could just be a ghost strangling you if you can't see. Wouldn't him. it be far more terrifying if he doesn't see him and is just strangled by this invisible thing? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think uh, I'd be more th- freaked out by uh, seeing like genie half body. Yeah. Come out of the phone. come out of the phone because I'd be like, yeah. I believe in like, be, I believe I can experience a ghost like in my room, but like a, a ghost that comes through the phone that just blows my mind. Because yeah. he's not a ghost anymore at that point; he's something else. Well, he's capable of astral projection, which is something Andre pointed out to me when before I wrote but, the thing. I was but, like, oh my god, he, I guess he. But is. to go back to, I think that we his face disappears because he shines a flashlight on it and that's why he's freaked out because he still sees the hat and the coat and everything. But we as the audience see his body and his face. But you see his body because that's not lit by the flashlight. So what's your relationship you with the movie? <laughs> yeah, Aaron, like, I, want, I want everyone to answer the and question. I, yeah, I know. What is your relationship <laughs> with the film? Uh, well, they're... I don't... I mean, I, like, I was aware of it growing up, but I felt like... <laughs> It was just one of those movies that you I knew I wouldn't. Familiar with the title, <laughs> I, that, and and it and it, it uh, conjured certain images in my head when I heard of the title. Well, actually, as as with certain many images or one image or well, yeah, specific. Actually, yeah, I was gonna say um, a lot of images. I see the movie or a lot of movies. I'll hear the movie and I just see the image of the poster, the video mm-hmm. box. So when I hear Ghost Dad, I see. His like, I'm coming at the door, and the kids are all like stacked up. Um, but I also knew I, I just kind of knew that wouldn't be a movie I would see, and it was just gonna. It was growing up. There were movies that like other kids saw, and I knew this would be a movie I wouldn't see. And I felt like it was like it was like I don't know like I maybe like a part of uh, cultural life that was just that never, I just was not a privy it, to. It was you just know, never going to be a part of your life. That like my other kid, you know, and I mean there, there's there's strata of this but it's the way like we didn't have nintendo growing up or we didn't get a vcr till very late and so i just was like aware of these things in the world that i was not participating in you know the way like you have friends then they all saw like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and you just like then years later you see it on tv and then you're like Oh, now I'm participating in this yeah. movie phenomenon. Yeah. I remember watching Adventures with ba- Adventures My in Babysitting. My dad made sure I saw that. He was like, this movie's awesome. You need to it watch is, this. But I didn't see it because I, I was born like too late to have experienced it as a teenager. Yeah. So I watched it with my friend later because the guy from Rent is in it. Anthony Rapp plays the like annoying teenage oh. dude in it. And I remember watching it and I was like, oh, this must have been an important experience for someone else. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. maybe that's what I it's like I to watch Ghost Dad as a kid. But I think I, I, but also seeing that, I don't know, there was also this like, 
the families that were together and weren't. And I mean, although my family eventually split up, it was late. So that was also weird. Like everyone I knew growing up, growing up, uh, everyone I knew growing up, like they, their families were divorced early. So it was also weird for my parents to get divorced much later. It's a little bit morbid, but I think that there's a thing that happens when you're a kid and you know somebody whose parents got divorced and your parents haven't gotten divorced yet. And yeah. they're sort of like more like hip than you. Yeah, and they're more worldly. And so I felt like that was a movie for kids yeah. who'd like had more life. Well, it's just... You know, like they, they're, they're, they've been exposed to more things. I think I might have seen it At least it was like one a thing has happened to them. Movie. Right. You saw what? I think I might have seen it because it was a black family movie. It's something yeah. I'm realizing now because yeah. I connected in my mind with the movie Blank Sorry. Man. Do you guys remember Wait, Blank what Man? No. Yes, no, I, re- I saw that movie. I do not remember this one. Uh, I think Robert Townsend. actually in, there, in it no, as... No, that's um, Meteor Man. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that. Um, Blank Man's yeah. something different. Yeah, Blank Meteor Man was a different movie. Blank Man was the one where the guy... That's Damon Wayans and he like Yeah, Damon farts. Wayans. That's what I was thinking. Right, no. No, but Meteor Man. Cosby was in there as a homeless dude. Meteor Man. Also a bad, Cosby was the played guy. a homeless guy? Yeah, yeah, and he was the guy... He played he, okay. the way we would all... He was the more realistic person because he was the person... He played the way we would all act if we got superpowers. Like he's fucking around, making people. Oh yeah, but he at does the all end, the stuff he's like he a hero, to... isn't he? He like right. saves someone's life. But he's so, much but, more of a real but, like, person. But like Ghost Dad and Meteor Man, which are both very like mm-hmm. very plain names. I think those mm-hmm. are two movies that are connected in my mind because they were like black family movies. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, my also, mom Meteor actually Man, like... made a point of we're going to see Meteor Man. This is like I've read about it. It's, it's awesome. It's it's it's, it's a wholesome go... family comedy. It's it's got superheroes. It's got, it's Ghost Dad is not, but it was also clever, and yeah. it seemed to have something in it that was worth thinking about. It's a black yeah. superhero in that movie. You don't ever. Yeah, yeah. Robert That's Townsend was a, a really cool, yeah. funny, yeah, smart he comic. Made... He did television too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did a, yeah. a bunch of stuff. He did a, a bunch of independent movies. He did a Hollywood Shuffle. Mm. So yeah. was the script just better than Ghost Dad? Is that the main problem? Yeah, with the no, it definitely. I mean, no, it wasn't I, as fu- it wasn't acting. about a dead dad. Like I think that's what it was. How this it was movie a whole sticks universe. out in my mind. Like dead dads aren't funny, but they made no, a movie no. about it. But, yeah, but Meteor Man was a whole world. It was Black Superman. And yeah, they had the, it yeah. Had every like the whole neighborhood the whole, was black. Yeah, and all the characters were like written and fleshed out and developed. It was like a whole world. It's like mm. black people have feelings. <laughs> I mean, the thing about this movie, though, Gold Lords have style. Is <laughs> the like his teenage daughter in this movie seems so underwritten in, in, until and like underperformed as like the the actor does. But then at the end, when she dies and I then comes that back, happens to a, I saw that and she, the part where, um um I'll go back to my body if you go back to yours uh is like it's just like oh we're now on like I'm a grown up now that was her like bat mitzvah she's like okay yeah. I died and now I'm back I think and that was I'm a Jewish death, ghost death happened happened was funny before but as soon as like a child died then it's like actually this is a ser- even though she's flying around like it's like a fun time like yeah yeah, yeah. she's having a great time because she loves being dead really she's stupid. yeah being dead is better than being teenagers can't die I think it's when you were like the death the, yeah. the feeling or the view of death in the movie definitely shifts because it's like n- now no one should be having fun <laughs> when I saw that I can we swear on this podcast yes yes okay so my <laughs> My response, because she trips like on a on a roller skate or something, right? Isn't it like I mean, and, oh, and then she, she like, falls down the stairs. The film. Yeah. She yeah. dies oh. in the most stupid way the, ever. Do your siblings find her? 
No, she does it in front of everyone. Like it's this they, like they all watch her fall down the stairs and break her neck. Oh my god! Least funny thing I can think of is watching my sister die. Just want to point that out. Yeah, but it was like it was cheesy too. It was like she's gonna slip on a banana peel. Like it was yeah, like she yeah, stepped yeah. on a on a like old roller skate or something. And so my reaction. One of those like I told those kids to put their toys. Yeah, away. exactly. <laughs> I think he says something like that. Like yeah. I think there's like even. And I saw my, and I knew you can see it coming a mile away. And my response was just, oh, for fuck's sake. I feel like there's this thing that happens in this movie, though, where. uh, That was the cursing you were asking about? Okay, well, that's fine. It's all a series of really, what would be really banal, boring, stupid jokes. But because the like the stakes are so high, which is to say like their father is dead and like they're gonna be impoverished because he can't get life insurance, uh, it, the jokes become like darkly funny. They're also be- hiding it, right? Well, they're like, not. He's which dead. I find is the most super funny jokes, but I think they're, they're not, not haha funny. They're not really funny <laughs> jokes, but the stakes are so incredibly yeah. high that you're 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 captured. That's yeah. That's what I'm. You're yeah. captivated. Is that like the like I had to ask you about this movie because I haven't seen it so so is that like like their struggle is that they're trying to get help in the, yeah he yeah. has it was originally the, the movie insurance? was originally called Thursday and it, I think it, the, it was written for, written for Steve, Steve Martin. Martin yeah uh, oh, that's whoa and I guess there's a whole historical background for this movie I, and I want to say that the most unrealistic like impossible part to like suspend your belief is that he would be an executive lawyer and not have fucking life insurance. Mm. Like I'm just like that's not yeah. really like I'll buy no. into the concept like a of a ghost he's a lawyer. Dad. He's almost he's a, a lawyer he, without life insurance. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. he's almost a partner because he's like oh that's, my God. yeah. That's it's just so like I will buy into the con. It's been well established that people can be ghosts and come back and like try to, <laughs> try we, to like. We know that there's right, such a thing as right a ghost dad. That is with, right, right there. But no one. <laughs> we understand the science. <laughs> the science is there. <laughs> But no, yeah, but that is just so, that's fucking bullshit. Not even like in George Bush's America. Well, he explains it. He has a heartbreaking speech where he says, I had life insurance. I cashed it in. We owned this house. I mortgaged it. I needed to spend as much money as I possibly could to save your mother's life, and it didn't work, and she died, and that's why we're broke. Which is another problem I have. And then afterwards, the little girl, that's when the little girl says, like, She's like the little, the littlest one. She's like five or something. The Fully littlest one, the one who's hobbling in on a kid. Yeah, the one, <laughs> the one who's like, God bless us, everyone. Yeah, yeah. She says, uh, "Are you gonna go away like mommy did?" Mm. And that she says that after he says that, like that's that speech triggers that response. Yeah. It's fucking devastating. This is a comedy. The whole but this thing is, is another. That's another thing. So like, what the mom doesn't count. Like she doesn't get to be a ghost. She's fucking done with her. Maybe oh, no, she they explain in, it in the she, movie. They, she, like, that was a, like a like a slow death. Like it's a long. This one's like a sudden death. That's what ghosts usually come from. Right, right. In the movie, it's explained. In the movie, it's explained that it's because it's a hereditary trait. Really? That's this right. happens in the last fifteen minutes. That's why Cosby. That's why it happens to Cosby. It's run in the family. It happens to his daughter. And it happened to his dad. That's why. It happened to his dad. That's right. And that's when it has the Saint Elsewhere moment, and you realize that Ghost Dad exists in the same universe as Donnie Darko. Because <laughs> his dad was a ghost his hopping around in a bunny costume. was a ghost wearing a bunny suit. Wait, but who, wait, there was that like weirdo English guy that tells him all this. Oh, the guy that's oh, named. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Isn't it, he's got a woman's name. His name, name is Edith. Edith. Yeah. And they're like, it's a girl's name. It's Edith. Well, yeah, someone yeah. comes around and explains things to him. It's named after my grandmother. Yeah. What I remember of the movie So he was is named more, after a woman. What I remember of the movie is more that the, he has, uh, there's, 
they have a ghost dad, right? So there's a dad. But right, yeah. Yeah. Dad that's a ghost. And they had to like hide it from people. There's I definitely at least one ghost dad in this There movie. is a ghost dad, right? And as what I remember is that, that, the that they decided, like, have him be there without people figuring it out. That's what I remember. Not the whole, like, life insurance struggle. He needs he needs to stay there. Well, there's this weird thing. that I, The highest stake in the movie for me, other than the dangling piece of steak, is <laughs> that Wait, there's he, way the sta- oh, oh. he needs to make it to Thursday because he could vanish at any point. They don't know exactly the rules of is his ghosthood. Is he slowly hood. vanishing? Is he one of those ghosts? No, 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 no. Sometimes okay. he flickers in and out. Yeah, he does. And it's, and it's when he is losing... Uh, his connection his, with, with his life. family, his connection with his loved ones. This yeah. is the moral. It's a very good moral, right? See so that that and that goes back to we my... keep ghosts alive. Is that what you're saying? No, well, my sorry. There oh, are my... two deaths. There is the death when you die, and there is the death when you are forgotten. Oh shit! Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, but that goes back to my personal relationship with the story, where I I I uh, also as a kid perceived this as be this is about absentee parents. And it made me think of like this mm. Eric's or that was Andre's first thought when we started. This is it. about parents who work too much. This is about yeah, parents who get that. divorced. This is about you know you're not thinking about family values. And, Hence Cosby. Yeah. And yeah. And so like that Hence that Cosby. that to me is like maybe also like well my parents aren't divorced and my mom stays at home so I don't need this movie. We we don't oh, need that lesson. Oh, you lesson don't or, need the movie. Everybody needs Ghost Dad. He's above the Ghost Dad. Oh yeah. No, I was just no, it's just one of those where you're like well the way that they trying to figure out as a kid like how how you can like no, somehow you try know to relate that, to it. Yeah, and well that actually that's exactly it. I'm like I don't relate to this. So that's your relationship to it is that you don't relate to it. Cuz like yeah, that I, they are, and, and I mean, I think Andre does make a good point, though, that there is this certain, like, like uh, cachet mm-hmm. kids had for certain things happening like that. And uh, Is there just the two girls? Is there a brother, too? Yeah. There was the brother, and he helps the... This is part of the moral that I'm getting to, where he helps the brother, uh, the middle, middle kid... Uh, Succeeded his magic trick because he's really oh, into that's magic, just which is helped. the second big Invisible Man scene. And it's like the first one being I when he goes to the doctor's no office. And we had that trunk growing. We have that exact trunk. Yeah. Was that, it full of ghosts? No, but uh, I, I think it was a. Uh, I think my people in the family used it to move. You know, in like family stories where they're like they put everything they owned in that. <laughs> So they, they brought the old world to this country on their backs in that trunk? Yeah, but it might have just been bringing New Orleans to Michigan State University. All right. But so it's like, it's a It's, it's a just very... a whole bunch of muffalettas, however many you can fit in a box. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very trunky trunk, though. It's got it's leather handles. Trunk. It's got... It's like a platonic <coughs> trunk. Like, it exemplifies trunkiness. It does. Yeah. <laughs> And ours, ours has Wenzel written across it in all capitals, and my dad did the thing where you put the extra horizontal line through the Z. Oh, yes, that's how you do it. And you also, it has that latch, the lock that flops up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I know And I you know can exactly never do trunk. that on this trunk, because at some point, when we moved overseas, my parents, the family lived in Aruba right when I was born. And so they, for a long time growing up, there was like, Overseas. When we moved overseas, when we moved back from overseas, mm-hmm. we moved into the sea. When you moved when out, we, when we were on, when, when we you were crawled out of the ocean, the crawled out of the ocean with this sea chest, and you dusted the sand <laughs> off your gills, and, and uh, you decided to be a human family. But we lost that small key, so you can never lock this trunk because it would be impossible to unlock it. And all your GoBots and big trucks are in there. There's this moment, though. I feel like the the trunk scene is. 
maybe that there are other ones. exemplifies helicopter parents because he just does everything for that kid's project. Well, he's... You know what they should have done? They should have faked... They should have had, like... No. No, it wouldn't work out. Never mind. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking... There, it's not easy to fix Ghost Dad. If it were easy to fix we Ghost Dad... We wouldn't have Ghost Dad. This, we would be having a very different when conversation. When are we getting the remake well, is my question. No, I think that the... Re- and who the, would be cast The in big it? problem with this... The reason that it was impossible for Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby and the two guys who wrote... They should be able to handle it. They, they wrote yeah. Short and Circuit and they, they wrote Your Batteries Not Included. Those are two wow. of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I'm yeah. really into robots. What if it was a ghost <laughs> robot, Dad? Oh, um, they put his soul in a robot because the body dies. And they have souls. Now, Eric, you're familiar... Johnny Five is alive. You're mm. familiar with another film that was written by this duo, which was uh, Hearts and, uh, Heart and Souls. Yes. What's that? Uh, starring yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, tell us about that movie. That uh, sounds familiar. Well, it's notable because they used... <laughs> Actual hearts and actual, actual souls soul. to make it. No, they didn't use actual souls. They used Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Tom Sizemore. Oh, he's great. Oh, my God. Would his star ever Back stop when he shining? Was Tom Sizemore. <laughs> um, no, what, when I think of Heart and Souls, I think that my sister loved that movie and that I was really interested because this was the first time they heavily used computers and not necessarily Photoshop, but Photoshop-like techniques yeah. because there are lots of scenes. So I think it's about a bus of people, maybe Jennifer Jason Lee. A bus of just Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee. <laughs> and you, and like. it's not Lee's. Mm-hmm. FYI, it's not Lee's with an S. It's like moose. It's the plural <laughs> of Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, I have a hundred head of Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> um, I think it's a 1960s city bus, probably Wait, in hold on a second. I want to say that I've always felt like Jennifer Jason Lee's name sounds like the name of a Nick Cave song. Like some murder ballad about some horrible oh, yeah. monstrous killer named Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> I don't like Staggerly, but Jennifer Jason Lee, is that what you're going mm. for? Mm. I it makes me think more of like a kid's poem about like an annoying girl at school. Jennifer Jason Lee. Everybody loves Anyway, she, you were she saying it's all the best grades and <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, well <laughs> anyway. th- things started out pretty rough for her. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Let's not get into it. <laughs> Both her parents were ghost dads. <laughs> well, she had a real life ghost dad because ghost gay dads. her father was killed on the set of uh, <gasps> That's the, Twi- the Twilight Zone <laughs> movie. <laughs> the Twilight Zone movie? Yeah, he was the guy in the first section who's the racist. And he, no, it's not the very first section, but he um, he died in a stunt accident where a helicopter crashed into him and decapitated him well, and, this, and killed the two little Vietnamese children that he was carrying in his arms. Wait, oh my what? god! And this happened when she was a little child. So Jennifer Jason Lee never really even got to uh, Vic Morrow, her dad, she the never actor. Even knew her father. Yeah, and um, is she actually in Heart and Souls, or am I just saying? I believe her family sued uh, John Landis and Steven Spielberg, uh, the creators of the Twilight Zone movie, uh, for you know for damages for I guess I don't know like, like reckless, reckless endangerment or something. Yeah. <laughs> The same way that the filmmakers are being sued right now for that that movie where that uh, that grip got hit by a train. Oh, wasn't that for? Um, I thought that was for Batman. It's not Batman. No. It's not Batman. <laughs> Snow. You might think that it was Batman, but in fact, it wasn't Batman. No. It wasn't. It was the. Was main. it Snowpiercer? Was it hit by the Snowpiercer? There, there was no train in Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a confusion. That was the government lying to you. <laughs> but. Uh, I think the reason I wanted to bring up the 
uh, magic trick is that it seems to me that in general, Bill Cosby uses his ghostly powers to terrorize people. Like, he terrifies an old white man. He terrifies two children. Uh, okay, I have a question. And then he just helps his son, and that's Were like his one good deed. Were those people shitty to him while he was alive? Was it like a revenge tale? I feel like the guy at the office, the old guy who's just like scared in the in the in the men's bathroom, oh, he the urinal, me. like his face. It's just he's just like. There's also like this weird like like Mr. Bones sort of thing where like Bill Cosby's doing a bit as a ghost with a skeleton where he's mm-hmm. like d- moving the skeleton around and then the old guy's like. <gasps> the, the whole thing yeah, is like a moral tale where because d- the people who suffer who aren't in the family because the family ends up okay at the end. Yeah. The people who are terrorized by the ghost are the people who deserve it because they are cruel White. or... <laughs> like, actually, well, it's, okay. it's awesome. Just, just, it's just, just as a side, because I know our all of our listeners will be wanting to write in. God, yeah. Because that's how you first get listeners, is that you say something wrong and then everyone writes in. We're thinking of Kira Sedgwick in Hearts, oh. Heart and Souls, not Jennifer Jason. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee was Kevin Bacon's wife. Jennifer Jason Lee was in different stuff back then. She wasn't but in I'm, that kind of movie. She was in like though. serious that, indie dramas, what was like, the, uh, like Raising Arizona, blood, Flesh like and Blood, Mrs. Parker in the Vicious Circle, like Georgia. And she was doing dark stuff. She wasn't doing lightweight uh, romantic comedy. You think like Ensemble Dead People is pretty <laughs> dark. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that co-starring in, um, Robert Downey Jr. is Charles Grodin. Labyrinth? No, 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 that was Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Oh. And I was correct that Tom Sizemore does, in fact, you want to say Michael Madsen when you think of Heart and Souls, but really you should be saying Tom so Sizemore. So these people that I'm talking about, right? Like the, I, you have these the screenwriters. from the 60s. The screen oh, oh, the writers. The writers of who wrote a bunch of successful movies. Mm-hmm. You had Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby, who had made a series of films, three uh, films, starting with Uptown Saturday Night back in the 70s, that were funny and financially successful and very cool, good movies that everybody should watch. And what was it about this script and this premise that all these professionals who'd been working for a very long time, all the, the, you know, the DP, the editor, everybody was all industry veterans who are great at their jobs. What went wrong? Well, Ebert says it's just Bill Cosby is bad at acting in movies. Like, But he wasn't. He did a good job in this. But he was just coming uh, yeah. off of Leonard Six. But, but I don't know if we were Leonard Part ready. Six. I can't, I'm not ready. The world wasn't ready that. for Ghost Dead. I, I just think it's a ridiculous concept. It is. So the, I, the I think concept it was is too old-timey. It was too... I don't know. I... I I can understand why you would say that physical comedy is funny, but to me... I can understand why you would be wrong. (laughs) But as a kid, I don't know, as a kid, I just was always like, I don't know, like, I I was listening to something the other day where they're like, do you remember those moments where kids, like, hear a really old joke for the first time and they crack up? Yeah. And that joy you have because you don't know it's a pun, or like you just get a pun or something. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I've never had that moment with slapstick that it's just always, I've always gotten that it was slapstick and it was just blah. No, kids love slapstick. They love when people fall or fight. I don't, I don't know. I like, think I, the kids like farts. I think th- this is maybe my sound bias, but I think they just like the noises of things. That no, like the noises. There's just something funny about someone falling children. when they all fall. I mean, I liked Scooby Doo as a kid, but I never actually like. Laughed at the slapstick of it. Do you know what I mean? Like of them running with their legs going really in circles in the air. Like I get it. Like I don't know. The, the, 
Look, clearly I'm an asshole. So no, like, no, you're just imagine I'm not saying me you're the, an asshole. I'm just saying kids like when people fall. I, I, I'm just saying, know. like, there's like eight year old Eric, and I'm like, I get it. You're running. It's okay. Well, Let's solve this you mystery. Know, <laughs> it's, it's possible Wasting that time. <laughs> it's possible that Ebert had a point when he said that the rules don't make sense. Oh, they yeah. definitely do not. They the rules are. So a why big, do you care if the if the if it's not consistent? Like the rules of the universe are consistent. Why aren't. would you care about the character? You know, if it's a big jumbled mess, the rules. Then the little kids in the audience are watching, and they're like, "I don't know what's happening." Yeah. And if you lose them on the plot, then they don't know the stakes in the, each scene, and then each scene, they're you're just wasting your time. I think there's I I agree with that, and I think there's this thing where kids are uh, they kids don't actually find anything funny. They're trying to learn what the rules of humor are. So they, when people make puns and they get them and they, they recognize them, they're laughing because they understand something and the world makes sense in that moment. I think that's what that's what's happening when you're. But when you're watching a movie like Ghost Dad, where none of the rules cohere, nothing really makes sense. There's nothing to laugh at because you're not, as a child, you're not able to feel like you're. It's more like a Luis Buñuel thing, where you're just watching all this stuff and you're like, none of this. Yeah. Is Especially that part where Ghost Dad cuts the horse's eye open. Oh my god, that part was so moving. I felt really <laughs> emotional about the eye. Yeah. Like, Horse, like why? <laughs> I think I don't like slapstick because I know it's fake. It's funnier when you see a thing on YouTube and it's like oh. a dog misses a horribly miscalculates <laughs> jumping somewhere. Well, they did slapstick when they didn't have YouTube. But well, like slapstick is like, oh, I know, like I know they're, not, they're look how smart I am planning. when I move this way. The, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like planning it, but it's you know the thing, Eric, that you're talking about about the the dog, right? Like there's a I've talked in the past with you about uh, this essay that Henry Bergson wrote about Henri. Henri Bergson, <laughs> pardonnez-moi. It's a peculiar essay. <laughs> he he wrote a, a essay about why uh, funny cat videos on the internet are, are funny. And he said it's because it's sort of uh, shocking and disrupting and upsetting to us on an emotional and psychological level to imagine that animals have the same experience of the world and the same uh, personal qualities and personality types as a human being does. Yeah. Like the animal that therefore I am that, um, was that Derrida who wrote about that? How he was embarrassed his cat was saw him naked and getting out of the shower and he was like, wait a second, why am I embarrassed my cat sees me naked? He's like, I have to write a book. Because <laughs> he's and looking at it with judgment. Yeah, yeah, he's like, well, because cats have that, it's oh, the way that do, we read faces. We read cats' faces as severe because we're uh, transposing like a, Hum- like well, no, because those cats videos exactly do reveal personality. Cat, like, I don't feel any of that when I look at a cat. I totally. I'm just looking at a cat. Dogs, I cat. I, I project those feelings onto dogs, cats. I'm just like, what's what's going on? Why but when you, you see a cat, like an actual a cat rival. gets startled yeah. by a noise and and it acts the way we do, and, and it, it, it behaves. It has a similar fear response. Yeah. A cat, you know, it, it pounces on a thing that it really wants, and you're able to like say, ah, oh, that cat experiences desire, yeah. and you're seeing all these things that you imagine are unique human experiences, but you're seeing them mapped onto this creature which is not sentient not well, they're ca- no but it is sentient because they're they're capable of of complex interactions i mean like when you said the thing about there's different personalities i think of the those videos where there's like a house that has multiple cats and there's always like there's like two cats and then one above it and the one is like provoking mm-hmm. like well, there's this very yeah. specific one where there's a one well, it's a power it's dynamic like, play yeah, yeah and it like pokes like, one of the cats and then the cat turns around and, and he's like, oh, well, you're standing right behind me and somebody just 
bit my tail, it's you, and then that cat smacks him, and then you're like, no, it was the one up above it. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a middle baby and oldest child. Like, yeah. And like clearly the cat up there is like fucking with him in one way or another. Like he's like, but it's a power this. thing. I mean, oh yeah. But and Cats I, I are wonder all about power. And I wonder about sentience though, because I wonder is, is Cosby as a ghost. I mean, we barely see him when he's alive, except at the beginning, and they like trick you the whole time into like, is he gonna die oh, now? That is, is gonna die the now? It's sickest like, part of it's the like, movie. Gaudier, why are you such a like sadist? He's like doing a Laura Mulvey thing. I don't even know. He's like trying to like make you upset. Isn't that? But that's a trope thing when you know. Yeah. Something's going to happen. And then you're right, just like, Right, yeah, Wait the movie is called Ghost Dad. The text, the title comes on at the beginning. <laughs> just in case you didn't remember the title of the movie, you yeah, bought a ticket to go see I would say the bullshit of the dog killing the people in Beetlejuice is where they have that weird, like, Bridges of Madison County car accident, and there's a dog Both? standing oh, on a plank. Yeah. We were talking there before are a lot of about Beetlejuice and Ghost Dad, because Beetlejuice and Ghost Dad are both about, they start with a car going off a bridge, and then these people dying and becoming ghosts. And none of the rules are consistent. There no, president movie but there's not. There's no kids involved. Well, there's Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah but yeah. She's, she like wants. She's she like, I'd rather my parents be dead like, oh, than have Catherine. Friends. Yeah. There's like she's, more like ghost friends than ghost dad. She's as a not whole their. The she's not their okay. child. Either. So what is it about yeah. Beetlejuice that takes this very similar premise? And makes it so much more successful and fun to watch. The writing is better. Like no, he's he's like, um, he's like all like id, isn't he? He's just like yeah. He's like he's like he's all um, just like, he's like sugar. eating, yeah, fucking in a having fun, drinking. He's like he's just like it's a force of nature. Yeah, he you want to be his friend because he's having the most. He's the ghost with the most. He's having the most yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, my dad was so of, angry about that movie because he was aware of a planet. Or a, a star? Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse. And he's like, they're saying it wrong! Yeah. That was one of my favorite movies, too. <laughs> so upset. So, and Betelgeuse is great... like, no, you're saying it wrong. <laughs> so that's, that's, I, I know I that's why that we didn't see that movie. This. Because that was just, that did not fit with science. <laughs> it's Betelgeese. Oh, I think, man. What kind yeah, of but Ghost that Dad, like? now that's a movie that fits into well, our understanding But I, I think that Asia is right, though. It's this, he's this force of nature. Uh, he's it's not the villain. Sad. He's a funny ghost. He's the he's person actually you're dealing a funny with. Ghost. Yeah. Whereas a, a dead dad is not a funny Oh, yeah. Ghost. No, no, no. That's a very important distinction. Yeah. Because Bill Cosby and cool Ghost, ghost. Dad, not a regular he's ghost. not a yeah. funny ghost. He's a funny guy who died. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He's yes. a and Greek, these but it's also exactly. so Greek. That's why it's so dead. It's like... You know, it's like a Greek tragedy. Yeah, it's it's pastiche because you know... It, it totally is. It's, it, it's like... Uh, What's the one Antigone or something where you're like we just we just fucking these are the rules and we're gonna do it. Yeah. So Beetlejuice, is, Beetlejuice is crayon. Is that what's going on? No, there's I'm parts we don't know about. You yeah, can't like, bury your brother in the desert until you say his name three times. <laughs> exactly. No, it is. It's like it's not like there's nothing at stake because you know you know it, it's it's just he's enacting this this rote thing, which oh, is Oh, you're like, right, he you has a thing. this much time, yeah. you're gonna do that thing, there's gonna be some chills, thrills, and spills, so but we all know <laughs> that ultimately. We know what the bounds are, it's Aristotelian. Is we know what, yeah. where yeah. it's happening, we know what time it's occurring within, we know who is involved, we know all of the specifics, there is no question about any why, of the details. Which so is why you would why, argue yeah. that the rules of the universe don't matter, because it's just some fucked up stuff's gonna happen, but in the end, He's 
he's gonna get the insurance and it's just gonna yeah. be it's gonna be all made right at the end because you know he's being taught this moral lesson about hubris and all this bullshit. But I think there's like a weird temporal difference though between Beetlejuice and Ghost Ed where yes, we know that this is a comedy, it has to work out in the end, like he's gonna come back to life yeah. or something, but we don't know exactly what's gonna happen. So we're still a little anxious and that's why it's not funny. Whereas in Beetlejuice, you know exactly what's going on, like it's Aristotelian, like you said, like we have this timeline, we know what this has to happen and this has to happen and this has to happen. She has to get married there's like all this thing there's a plan Wait, that needs what? to be thwarted they go way out of their way yeah. to give speech after speech of expository dialogue of what's making sure that next. you the audience know what, what movie are we talking Beetlejuice. about Beetlejuice Beetlejuice is is a is a better more more comfortable movie to watch because it hits those Aristotelian benchmarks where but it was it's also like, more appropriate to the also, time Ghost yes. Dad is like a also he's not their father and he's not it's dead a, Ghost, <laughs> Ghost Dad yeah. is like a 1950s movie and I think that's because like it's Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier making it. They're making a Scopes Monkey Trial type movie, or like I'm just thinking of these like highlight. I'm like, looking. These are they're making Twelve Angry Men of like ghost movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a picture right now of Eddie Murphy and Sidney Poitier and Richard Pryor and um, Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier is wearing a ghost. They're like playing softball and. And they're like wearing Harlem Knights shirts, but Sidney Poitier is the only Harlem one. Harlem Knights versus Ghost Dad. Yeah, that's what's happening. That's in this a picture real right event now. that occurred in the world. I want yeah. everyone to know this. And they I'm were they were making those two movies at the studio at the same time, yeah. and, and yeah. they played so th- because this you know that this is from another time and another place because there were two movies being made in Hollywood with black casts. Yeah, exact same right. Time. <laughs> well, no, I was but like, I'm. St- I thought about replacing this picture as my new desktop picture and like just getting rid of my baby nephew, being like, "This is the new one." Like, <laughs> I want to look at this. This is what I really care about. Beetlejuice under Tim Burton is younger. He understands his time. Yeah. The actors understand their time. And this was a concept that was Ghost Dad's concept was developed way earlier and they just like carry and, yeah. And they Ghost really... Dad is clear it's a it's an old movie. It's like they it's really like the shaggy dog or something. Except the campiness of Beetlejuice when they're when they're, right, like especially the when he's like in the waiting room with the other yeah the people like the shrunken head, the woman who committed suicide. Oh yeah, the, the saw that in half um, magician's assistant. It's, yeah, but it's all camp. But it's like, and and as a, as a result of its campiness, it becomes more tasteful. I think. Yeah. Than Ghost Dad, which yeah, is sort yeah. of. I mean, it's really abject the way that they have no actual like. Uh, narrative limits imposed like you still are like wondering what's gonna happen by like 20 minutes there are 20 minutes left in the movie and you're like I wonder how they're gonna resolve this you know <laughs> and in Beetlejuice you know exactly what's gonna happen and ghost, yeah. sorry go the, on. the ghost dad thinks it's like because it has this very like Disney 60s like kooky straightforward plot it is it's very like, much like shucks. like Disney uh uh, fantasy movies from the sixties and seventies, like and then they just throw. Movie. But like, then yes. they like uh, Blackbeard's Ghost, right? Yes. Exactly, and then, but then they throw in this twist of like, well, the mom will be dead or something. So I also feel like the the studio or the writers are like, well, well, what's going on in the nineties? Well, you know, the divorce. What's going on in the nineties? <laughs> like it just the whole thing reads. I'm well, basically like how how Bill Cosby has been characterized now, which is like out of touch and like yeah. Curmudgeonly yeah. and he, like, oh, he like might he's just like, be terrible. let me, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm not trying to do, I'm just trying to do you, an excited. You are doing that. You are, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're always already It's doing incredibly tempting to do the Cosby voice because. I really wanted to. <laughs> Someone was telling me, it might have been, um, Kath Barbadora, our yeah. friend Eleanor, um, mm-hmm. um, that someone, a foreign kid, a foreign kid, um, <laughs> 
a kid some damn from foreigner. the United States at Grinnell asked everyone who Bill Cosby was, and everyone just started doing the voice <laughs> band, like, oh, the pudding and the sweaters and the pudding. And then she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That <laughs> is, you go to the Cosby nothing. voice. Because oh, that's, the pudding, yeah. This movie. No, she's like, you love pudding? <laughs> Bill Cosby movies don't about? need to be movies. They could be radio shows. This is yeah. my, like, yeah. It would have been much better as a radio I agree. Show. No, but there's great physical bits, great visual. Yeah. Like, yeah. When no, yeah. he sings through that carpet in the living room and, and the hand job scene and yeah. oh god <laughs> you guys visually are, the movie feels a lot like a Louis Spoonwell <laughs> film in that it's a lot of really wide shots of people interacting in a big space and, and you don't know what's going to happen next <laughs> and you feel really uncomfortable and freaked out by the events and you can tell that it's like in the style of a joke but it's not funny because it's so gross and sad exactly it's surrealist make a joke, yeah. but it, it's surrealist but I, I guess I don't agree with your whole I mean I agree that Beetlejuice is way better but I felt like it, it just seemed so fresh and new and I didn't know what was going to happen in Ghost Dad I knew exactly that's, what was Oh, re- oh, you have the reverse experience? Oh, yeah, that's, that's why I'm saying why Ghost yeah, Dead yeah, yeah. was yeah, Greek. I because you're like, here is a guy oh, who's yeah. like, he's on Homer's Odyssey or whatever. He's got to bury his his dead brother who died in the Peloponnesian conflict. <laughs> but like, this is... He's I just going to do it. And like stuff's going to happen. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> because I think it's more for me is that I don't care... I don't care if Beetlejuice disappears or dies. Because like, he's the villain. Yeah. He's he's, he's like, I yeah. think sometimes but I in, want him to disappear. Yeah, because he's, he's a dick. He's, well, hanging, yeah, he fucks he's hanging out with a teenager, with an emotionally disturbed teenager, and he's yeah. just like... A hot, angsty teenager. Was she hot? She was, she she was had a super weird hair. hot. No, she's, it's been on writer. She's always hot. I mean, hot. I think I perceive her side, but I don't think, like, he did hit on her. He did. I mean, he, he did. Marry, he was a creeper. Wait, hey, get down here, girl. If, he, if this doesn't work out for him, that's the best. And it doesn't work out for him. <laughs> and that's like, thank God his, he didn't actually marry her. Do you think his dick's like one of those uh, spider, <laughs> the sandworms? Yeah, that's uh, like the black uh, and white. The black and white striped sandworms. When was he made? He was like made into this like clown thing and his arms like unrolled. Oh, yeah. It's so nightmarish. But I, okay, so I want to wrap up pretty soon. So I want to end with like uh, a couple things. I want to ask um, what you guys imagine the moral of this film to be, uh, and I also want to um, start with what my moral of the film is, which is uh, that it's more important to spend time with your family, especially when you don't know what's going to happen to you the next day, than it is to make money. Because I find that uh, the weird uh, he experience he has where he doesn't like he doesn't he himself doesn't know the rules of ghostness ghostiness so he's like i could disappear any second i just need to make it to thursday so my family can survive financially and they're like we don't care if you survive financially we're children we don't understand long-term <laughs> things uh and he's like oh okay you're right it's more important that i get to be here with you oh, and that's so incredibly irresponsible for a parent because a parent's it, job uh, is to take care of the children yeah, and so right. realize but he is that taking care. he has to sacrifice his short-term emotional happiness in order to make sure that they don't have to suffer long-term trauma yeah yeah exactly because if he just fucked around playing scrabble with them or whatever they wanted that would be really nice but then he'd be dead and then they're like we've got two dead parents a mortgage yeah. No insurance. Don't they have And the daughter was going to be members? dead. I and just, the daughter was going to so be dead. So then those uh, yeah, two kids end up in the system. Oh, God. Both of their parents were only children? Please. All right. So I want Asia to tell me what uh, she thinks uh, the moral is of this film. I don't actually know. <laughs> because um, it's so complicated that you just can't it's just know. It's so complex. <laughs> 
Because I haven't seen it, it in a long time, but I guess the moral was just to spend more time with your family because that's where it really counts and make plans for them in case of your death. But you can't do both at the same time, it seems to indicate. Well, yeah, you can hang out and talk about your whale with your kids. No, just... <laughs> it's all I do with my kids. I'm taking a baseball practice and we talk I've about my whale I've been giving the message as a, hey, heads up, you're the oldest. Um, <laughs> when I die, it's your, you're in control. Uh, they, my parents like to send me a text, literally, <laughs> saying that. That's um, more than most people do. A lot of people yeah. are caught as off guard as Bill Cosby is when he's making his arrangements after he dies. And, and he says, I always meant to do something about, you know, your safety. I just didn't realize... You have to do that. I feel like Bill Cosby should be the guy on those commercials for life insurance. (laughs) But he has Ghost Dad. Not Bill Cosby. Ghost Dad should be like, you know what? Totally. Shit happens. (laughs) Um, Like, he could be... uh, You're so... I think you're so busy trying to figure out what's happening in the movie that you're not even sure what the moral is. Like, oh, yeah. Other than you're glad that he's alive at the end. He's alive at the end. You have to have yeah. a concrete idea of what happens in the movie before you can get a lesson out of it. Yeah, and Maybe it's hard right, to yeah. do. You're, you're, they seem to be scrambling the whole time, is what I remember. There's the whole Satan thing that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> Wait, what is? What are you talking about? The guy who drives the cab driver. He's like, oh my god! Have you the... accepted Satan as your lord and savior. I don't remember that at oh my all. god, it's really good. And then Bill Cosby's like, all. no, I mean yes. Like he doesn't I am know Satan, how to and I command you to yeah, that's right. Cab over. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed seeing Bill Cosby say, "I am Satan." I love the part where he's doing the Ralph Allison thing about where he's like, a, it's like Ralph Allison with a twist, where he's like. Uh, Ralph Allison in the opening Invisible Man is talking about how the Invisible Man is not a celebrity, is not like an ectoplasm, but is, uh, in fact, uh, flesh and blood that you can't see him because blackness is invisibility. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no. And it's like, yes, I'm an invisible man in the sense that I'm a black man in a white world, but you can see me because I am excess like I'm constituted by excess you can only see me because I exceed your expectations of what it is to be a person in the world and I feel like that's Cosby in the office and I feel like that's another moral that we get from it too and not a moral more like a lesson I guess well the thing that I liked about his interactions with people in the office after he dies is that he keep in he keeps insisting on all of these things like oh I need it to be completely dark in here and they're like, what? Come on, give me a break. This is an office. And, and he's like, hey, it's got to be dark. Yeah. All right. You know, and uh, I'm going to make partner on I'm, Thursday. I'm also <laughs> Say I'm yes. leaving in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm not telling you where I'm going. I'm going to miss meetings. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's like. And they're like, he's an executive, all right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's an executive, not. He indicates his executiveness by being kind of a prick. Like, that's kind his of. thing. Right, and it doesn't he, work out it for works, him. Isn't he, it? That's how you say I'm but, in charge is that you can't yeah, tell me no. But it exactly. doesn't work for him because he gets fired. Yeah, and he it's gets for messy. his behavior because they actually close the merger and they fire him anyway. And they show up at his house later. This is the thing Ebert pointed out, too. He was like, why are they showing up at his house without, like, that is so unprofessional. And then like, they leave without talking to him. <laughs> and they were not waiting very long. They waited, no. like, five minutes. You know what you can do? Bring out some checks mix. Okay, He's, we saw that he has alcohol. Serve, drink it. Oh, he tries serve to serve drink. them drinks. Watching him do that like weird commedia dell'arte thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm a mime and I'm interacting with this object and I'm unsure about my permanence in the world." And he's like trying to have a glass of whiskey and he's like, and you watch him try and then he's like, "Oh, I can." I think that was just Bill Cosby literally can't drink whiskey because it's <laughs> so wholesome. 
Oh, that's a that's a good point too. I don't know. I saw I saw it as like, but and then his son is watching him. I was like, there's so much shit going on here, Sidney Poitier. Like you're you're better than this script. Like it was so frustrating. Yeah. Wait, Eric, what is your opinion of the moral? Well, I don't film? think my moral opinion changed from what I assumed it was about based but on what the does... previews as a child. <laughs> yeah. You know about absentee parent. Yeah. To, yeah. to barely know this film is to know it well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I thought I would just because I took notes during so from during, during the screening. Yes. Screening. Please read some of your notes because they're so very I think, good. So I think these are my insights. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he actually do book on tape? That was when he's reading the the story to his girl. I thought, oh, I think he actually did story tapes. That's meta. Um, oh yeah. He this did. movie should be called Shitty Dad. <laughs> <laughs> right. His biggest problem isn't that he's a ghost; it's that he's bad at this. He's yeah. a bad dad. Yeah. He's been but doing it by himself is... for a while now, hasn't he? Yeah. He should figure this out. Yeah. Right? His... Give your daughter a car already. God damn it, you're a lawyer. <laughs> right. Yeah, they live in such a nice place, and his car is a piece of shit. Yeah. Maybe he really did put all that his That was money one of my, my notes. We had this yeah. car growing up, except it was pale yellow. Mm. Um, so much foreshadowing. White guy suits are all dark, yet his is light. <laughs> Which is what you have white men in black suits and a black man in a light gray suit. I, it just noticed chromatically. It's just know. so you know that the white people are evil. Yeah, yeah it's true. People um, gave Obama a hard time for wearing a, a light yeah. suit. Yeah, oh my just god, the other day. we were just talking about that with my well, dad. That was, was it after Labor Day? No, it was before Labor Day. Wear. It was before Labor Day. Uh, they're like, it's getting close. He knows better. Um, Bill Cosby is the whitest guy here. <laughs> cab driver is a demon sent to teach Bill Cosby a lesson. So there's a parallel movie for the cab driver. Uh, yeah, what's his side of the story? Can the can the cop see Cosby and he's just a racist? That was, I had that, yes. I had that thought um, as well. That cop had a, I hope that guy got a day rate. I, I thought there was, it was pretty intense that in like, Three minutes. There was worship Satan urinating on someone and his face going up an old woman's crotch. Oh, on the bus. Why yeah. are the devil and Nazis always played by English-speaking accents? I don't know what was Authority. happening, but I wrote so Bill Cosby. He <laughs> <laughs> um, he might have been um, using Kodak film. Oh yeah. I was thinking sweaters and Jello pudding. Uh, listening no, to a young like, person I think say he was something being silly. Really animated. Um. To, to go into what you guys were talking about, this is one big State Farm commercial. Mm -hmm. This is too much. Uh, and this is where it gets a little dark in a different way. Daughter equals wife. Yeah, he has well, a weird relationship. Because he says daughter. to his daughter, or no, what she says to her dad, what you feel for me is not love. It's what fathers feel for their daughters. Father Contro stuff. Yeah, which is like father stuff, which is like just the need to control yeah. or desire to control. Yeah. Um, and then... In, uh, the desire just... to prevent her from procreating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Bobby from Twin Peaks. Oh, but well, come on. With Bobby from Twin Peaks? He's such a babe, though. But I mean, yeah, he calls classic, her a bitch, Classic but, you know. fathers are always pre-occupied with, with the daughter's yeah. virginity. Yeah. They really are. Especially um, Cosby, that's like part of his thing as a celebrity. He's like, yeah, really. that's so interesting because I'm pretty sure part of his thing as a celebrity has to do with um, sexual harassing younger women. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, he likes to give so, them like pills and stuff, and then uh, like, and then take their shirts buy them off. off. Yeah, mm -hmm. later. Nice. Um, and then does is this the the girlfriend Bob? No, Bobby's the boy. Uh, <laughs> Bill Kimberly Russell. Bill is the man who's the. Also, the dad, who happens to be a ghost, and has a wife 
or a girlfriend, next door girlfriend. Yeah, he's is a, a beautiful light skinned uh, Vanessa black Williams. Lady. And how lazy type. is it for him to just hit on the woman who lives next door? Hey, if you were a single dad, you would, you know. It's proximity. It's proximity. Mm -hmm. But she says, I thought you were afraid of intimacy. I didn't know you were deceased. That was a really good line. <laughs> and then at the end, we find out, which is what the other problem I have with this movie, is it's he's not actually a ghost. The entire He's not actually I dead. Know. It's all astral projection. Yes, so I wrote, yes. all astral projection. So I wrote a quote from another movie from the 80s of this time period that is also better, which is, uh, it turns out you're only mostly dead. Which was, yeah, it's a, it's a similar thing. Yeah, and then finally, what does the death community think of this? And I'd like to end with that. Thank you so much for listening to Noisy Ghost. <laughs>